on maynard.com.au. AU! What's it called? Shatner Claws. Stop your grinning and drop your linen. It's Bunga Bunga 49. Bunga Bunga 49? Tim Ferguson. Come to you live and direct from the Madame Fufu Cafe. There's people that are wanting to hear what we've got to say, and let me tell you, we've got a lot of it out the back. You won't take us alive, you filthy coppers. Is that kid still there? Of course he's here. He's been seen in Canberra recently doing a bit of work. Oh, yeah, you could see him in Parliament House. Good afternoon. There was a ballot conducted in the party room for the leadership of the Liberal Party. The successful candidate was Scott Morrison. It's been a while since I've been here at the uh, Madame Frou-Frou Cafe here in Glee Point Road in Glebe, and let me tell you, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed apart from there used to be a mannequin hanging from the roof, a naked mannequin. Yes, the naked Madame Frou-Frou mannequin, which I have taken home with me. Maybe put her in jodhpurs or sell that stuff on eBay. I will buy a mannequin. I can dress it in Star Wars clothes. In the new palatial abode of yours... Have we got a name for your palatial abode yet? I don't think we've nicknamed it yet. Was the Fortress of Arrogance? Ah, <laughs> oh, the Fortress of Arrogance. The new abode should have a, another fortress name. Maybe a listener would be able to suggest it to us. Tim's house is the fortress of... And just pop it in there. And, of course, the guys from Who Are These Podcasts will be glad that we've got so much background noise in today's show. Who Are These Podcasts? Hi, this is Carl from Who Are These Podcasts? I think that most podcasts suck. But you know what show doesn't suck? This is where you'd insert the name of your podcast. Bunga Bunga. I think it's terrific. Love you guys. Oh. They liked our show up to a point. Up to a point. Yeah, up to the point where they listened to it. After that, I stopped listening to the review. I think the mistake they made was listening to it. The weird thing is, since we had a review with Who Are These Podcasts, we've got all these American people listening to Bunga Bunga, and I'd like to welcome all our American fans just to say, Australia is here for you if you need counselling. That's right. We helped you in the Coral Sea, and we'll help you again. Don't worry about the president. They only last eight years, and it's only your fault. I hate you! I hate you more! On this episode of Bunga Bunga 49, you'll hear... And you'll hear that... Quiet on set! But whatever happens, we're not going to play this. Hello, Dolly. Well, hello, Dolly. That would be an embarrassment, not to only Bunga Bunga, but the nation, Tim. Nobody listens to that song anymore. Let's just have one more listen. You're looking swell, Dolly. We can't tell, Dolly. You're still growing. You're still growing. You're still going strong. Nobody listens to that song anymore. And how's things going here at the Fru today? It's going good since it's very cold, but yes. we are trying to keep warm ourselves. Keep warm. Yes, it does get a breeze through here sometimes, doesn't it, Tim? People say it gets cold in Sydney, but I'm from a place called Blaney in the Hills where that's cold. That's actual cold. People walk around when it drops below 25 in Sydney with their shoulders hunched up, wearing jumpers, pulling little wincy faces, for God's sake. Well, we did put you right next to the coffee machine this time, Tim, so you get a bit of steam from time to time. And that hurts. With your MS too, Tim, do you feel the cold more or less? I don't so much feel temperatures 
more or less, but certainly cold weather is much better for people with MS. Most of the time, I met a lady from Geelong who says, cold weather, forget it. My MS wants hot weather. The idea is that the reason why everybody feels a bit lethargic when it's hot and humid is because everything, including nerves, expands in heat that happens when you've got MS, you're just starting further back from everybody else. So next time you're feeling lethargic because it's hot, go fuck yourself. Wow. Although when it gets too hot, it goes the other way, Tim. Yeah, that's when I start to droop. I become like a piece of al dente spaghetti. I'm not much used to anybody. But if it's nice and cool, I can do pretty well anything. Except for that. Except for Bunga Bunga News. Tim, what's happening in the world of Ferguson? I was asked by Steve Kaplan, who is the United States' top comedy teacher, to give him a quote or a blurb for his new book, which is basically the Vogler-Campbell book, the, the hero's journey, where he's going to write the comic hero's journey. And from the pages I've read so far, it's brilliant. Simple, elegant, typical Steve Kaplan genius. You've got to write something pithy to go on the cover. So imagine the words brilliant, maybe groundbreaking will be in there. Have you chosen the words you'll be using in the two sentences you get to write yet? Well, the other trouble is, you know, it's got to be a little bit amusing. Otherwise, people think it's just homework. So I'd probably do something with an exclamation mark, which immediately makes things seem funnier. Can you use the word bum at all? Or is that a bit too ribald for front cover? I'm sure I can. I'll have to check it with Steve's publishers. It'll definitely be worth a read. If you're a screenwriter and you're thinking, how do I make my story funny? You're going to want to read this, The Comic Hero's Journey by Steve Kaplan with a K. And were you journeying? to to do your comedy workshops next Tim Canberra you can find tickets on cheekymonkey.com <laughs> go to cheekymonkey.com go to the masterclass <laughs> section and follow all the bouncing dots but I'm going to Canberra Brisbane and Sydney teaching at the Australian Film Television Radio Morse Code Body Language Wink Wink School are they still doing comedy through the Morse Code there they certainly are, and it's all about the timing. Because you don't want your dot to get confused with your dash. We've all had that problem. Oh, I've got a nice smiley face in my coffee that just got delivered. Pictures in your coffee. Why, in my parents' day, nobody drew pictures in coffee. I'm glad you're here, Tim, or else people would think I was having a hallucination. I assume you're always having some kind of hallucination, Maynard. I'm going to the Tijuana Taxi tribute to Herb Albert at the Camelot Lounge in Marrickville. And I'm looking forward to them doing their version of Casino Royale. So tell me, Maynard, because, you know, I've only ever danced where a DJ is up on the box turning over the things, and I'm the guy who says, play K-San, play K-San. But what use, what worth does a DJ give you that just putting on a CD doesn't 
What the DJ is doing is mixing it together so that any particular thing can be mixed together. So even if two things don't go together, you can mix them. For the 60s night, I mean, music back then wasn't designed to be mixed together. I even heard some women at the bar discussing the music in their early 20s, and they were talking about how they hadn't been to a nightclub where the music wasn't mixed together. One was distinctly saying, wow, one song finishes and the next one starts. That's a relatively new experience to a lot of nightclub goers because beat mixed music has been around for decades now. Is it kind of a weird being the guy who turns up not really knowing anybody but keeping the party running? I've kind of got used to it. You just get in there and you know what usually works. Do you ever play the Imperial March? Come on, the Imperial March from Star Wars? As much as I would love to play the Tin Whistle... Richard Cheese version. If this is a consular ship, where is the ambassador? Thank you. I don't know if they're big dance floor fillers. So we do need DJs then. You fly around the country. You go all around the country playing at people's parties. Here's a double-headed question. One, K-San, will you play it? And secondly, why not? I would never play K-San because it's never been the kind of stuff I've played. In fact, you say that for a reason. It is a stereotype within the industry of the drunk person asking for K-San. It's not the kind of retro music I want to play. I just don't want that sort of aggravation. Here's another double header which midnight oil track and my other question is why not probably one i wouldn't play because i'm on more the dance side of the 80s and that than the actual rock side but if i was going to play something it'd be the power or the passion ah the power and the passion yeah saw that live in wollongong just last year the most amazing drum solo when rob just completely goes mental on the side of a piece of corrugated iron and It was really quite spectacular to see a man who's well into his 30s being able to play like that. Is one more question. As a DJ, what is your golden track? Like having a golden joke that most of the time doesn't fail to get people up. Oh, you're always looking for the floor fillers. There's quite a few. One thing about the computerised thing and being able to play them out of a laptop is that there's a log of everything you've played. So every gig I've done over the last couple of years are in the order of which songs have been played the most. And invariably, the reason you play the songs the most is because they're the ones that work the most. Definite floor fillers, I would say, just off the top of my head, would be Don't Stop to Get Enough by Michael Jackson, Grooves in the Heart by Delight, and the original version of Tainted Love. Sometimes I feel I've got to run away, I've got to get away from the pain you drive into the heart. people. Village people, of course, are in there. They're in the top, but they wouldn't be the most played. YMCA is definitely a floor filler. YMCA, it's fun to stay at 
just goes without saying, Tim. It's like, are we breathing oxygen? Yes. Uh, fantastic. This gig I'm doing that's going to be vinyl only is really interesting because at first I thought, why the hell would you make your DJs only play vinyl? And then after thinking about it, it's obvious. Anybody can play anything now if they want to digitally. When I go to do a set, I think, oh, what set would I like to do? And this whole range of music comes into my head, all of which I know is available. When you go and play on vinyl, A, you've got to have it, B, you've got to know it's in good condition, and C, you've got to know the song really well and where it sits into the set. That is the nature of vinyl. The surface noise from vinyl on the dance floor is really funny hearing a every once in a while. It really makes you feel part of something. I don't know what. I didn't think anybody heard. Big news in the, in the Maynard world. William Shatner is releasing a Christmas album. The Shatner. What's it called? Shatner Clause. Thanks, Obama. Boy, can he sing! <laughs> Who can forget? Good King Wenceslas looked out on the Feast of Stephen. When the snow lay round about, deep and crisp and even. What are you doing? Oh, uh, with what? You're speaking it. I'm singing it. So how I sing? Yeah, that's no, no, it's good. It sounds, no, no, that's... No. He just sings with such passion, very rounded tones. Deep and crisp. And even here in the Madame Frufru Cafe today, we are giving a salute to the, the British Empire. I've got the uh, Union Jack on, and you're wearing your Canada jacket. Just as well, I didn't wear my India t shirt. There's a movie called Gandhi. Watch it if you've got a week. That's it from the news here at the Bunga Bunga News Desk. Crank mail. Crank mail. Crank mail. Crank mail. Hang on, Tim, what's that noise at the end there? Ah, oh, that noise. You would think it was a horse pissing, but in fact, it is a horse pissing. Is it the race horse again? No, I mean, it's a horse piercing. You're getting pierced with a horse. What that sound is, is an entire horse is passing under your skin. Let's hear it one more time. It's a horse piercing. If you have a horse piercing, show it to us on our Facebook page, Bunga Bunga Facebook page. Yes, all this has come through to the Bunga Bunga Facebook page and through our Twitter account as well. You can get on to at Real Tim Ferguson. At Real Tim Ferguson. Jump on and you'll be able to see what I'm moaning about this week. And, of course, if you want to talk to Maynard, you go to at Maynard.com.au. Yep, it's all one word. Just take the dots out of Maynard.com.au and that's my Twitter. Crank mail. Tony Campbell writes to us and he wants to know, does he think that the next Bachelorette should be Chappelle Corby and it should be set in Bali? Clearly, yes. That's a great idea. Where did you hear the rumour? I think that's a brilliant TV idea. Who's not going to watch Chappelle with a whole bunch of guys in surfing stubbies queuing up, trying to say something romantic to allure her? I used to be an 98-pound weakling, but I've always had a big voice. I think everyone's going to be watching just to see her go through customs when she arrives. But it may take some time. Some of those guys, boogie board bags, it's a giveaway. Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Puff, 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 and if you smoke yourself to death, crank mail. 
Mark O'Brien writes, How young is too young to be a national heritage icon? If it's a building, six months has to be the cutoff. If it's under six months, they're still building it. Crank mail! Stuart Dundas writes, Because it's crank mail, is it best to replace a crank after a set period of time or just wait out until your existing crank wears out? Wait it out. You just sit there and you stare at the crank. You stare at that crank until it buckles. What do you think, Maynard? You should rotate your crank on a regular basis, probably economically... It is best till it wears out, unless, of course, it breaks something when it wears out. And, boys and girls, that's exactly what they did. Uh, fantastic. Crank mail. Oliver Yudel, Perth listener. Oliver Yudel. <laughs> He came along to the, the 80s night, and thank you for coming along, Oliver, and thank you for putting my picture on your wall, which I've showed you, Tim. It's nice. His wall of heroes, which I'm certainly not worthy of being on. Oh, come on, Maynard. Of course you are. Look at Oliver's other heroes. You definitely eclipse them. Oliver Udall writes, I'm in the market for a new car. What should I get? What would you recommend, Tim, being a guy who has never owned one? A brand new Tirana. Great car. Really reliable. Goes like the clappers. Watch Peter Brock demonstrate Tirana's improved handling. Now, all Tiranas are equipped with radial chain suspension, and that means the car goes right where you point it. Buy yourself a brand new Tirana. We'd recommend the A9, which won at Bathurst one year. It's got the uh, very large fuel tank on the back that will uh, scrape over every possible road hump. They go quite fast, and you'll find it'll get you in accidents at no trouble at all. That's a great idea. Of course, if you're feeling a bit wimpy, you can go for a brand new Cortina. Poised confidently above the hustle and bustle of everyday motoring are the 1982 model Ford Cortinas. They're as solid as a rock, as reliable as time, as comfortable as your favourite armchair. It's got everything you need. Other cars recommended by Bunga Bunga include the Datsun 120Y. Datsun hopes you've enjoyed the Neil Diamond specials. Nobody demands more from a Datsun than Datsun. And the original 60s Fiat Bambino. Buongiorno. Benvenuto allo studio di Fiat. The Bambino. Everybody wants one of those. The main thing is that if you're driving along with the window down and your elbow poking out the window, nobody looks at the car because they're wondering about that cool guy who's driving with one hand being followed by the police. That's your question, Olive Udall. One last question from Mark Dawson. Frank Mail. I'm currently in Austria. I'm assuming that isn't a typo. I'm currently in Austria. What suggestions does Tim have for me to do while I am in Austria? Well, you've got to go to art school just so you can say you had a go, you gave it a try. And don't pay any attention to what your teachers say. Another thing is there is a little bar called Jürgen's. Go to Jürgen's, you can have schnapses of all kinds. I think there's about 40 different possible schnapses. Jürgen's with a J, bang in the middle of Vienna. And don't forget to have a go on the Alpine Horn. Yeah, have a go on that. But of course, always have a friend with you in case there's an injury. Crank mail. Tangled up in Rue uh, writes, can we stop all this ScoMo nonsense? That's the new Prime Minister of Australia, ScoMo, calling him ScoMo. I think it's just great that he's moved from jazz trumpet to being Prime Minister. Oh no, I've got a case of ScoMo.
And one last one. The new Prime Minister, Mr Morrison, says everyone has to play by the rules of this country, but he did not clarify what rules they are. What game are we playing that we should be following the rules of? Well, I think you're not allowed to touch the ball if it's in someone else's hands and you haven't asked them beforehand. You're not allowed to have sandpaper on your crotch. But the main observation is play by Australia's rules. They're called laws, Scott. Scott O. Scott O. They're called laws, you gumball. Basically, what I think he's saying is don't be brown. That's what the Prime Minister is saying. He just can't find a polite way to say it. Saying play by our rules means pale up. It's shocking that we have this party in power. They are to a man and occasionally a woman although they don't have many of those, a pack of racist idiots. We had a letter from uh, Dr. Rachie as well, Dr. Rachel Dunlop over in Wyoming. Well, she's in Michael Jackson's hole in the States anyway too and having a great time. Dr. Rachel, you just have the life, one of our most favourite American fans. It's great to hear you're having so much fun and what a wonderful farm you seem to live on. And they don't have the eastern coal, which is my favourite bird in Australia, but a lot of people don't like the eastern coal because the eastern coal is the bird at night that goes off at five in the morning because it goes and then just stops until you're just about to get back to sleep and it goes it's that bird tim i'm sure you've noticed that i hate that bird almost as much as this guy the boo bird the boo bird the bird of disappointment there are some very annoying sounding australian birds other birds hate it because it's from the cuckoo family and lays eggs in their nests and then kicks the other ones out it's a very evil bird wow it's almost like an australian prime minister (laughs) someone built the nest and show of hands and that's crank mail for bunga bunga 49 crank mail but right now we want to take you to a place in history where Tim Ferguson can play a pivotal part. We'll take you to an alternative timeline as we bring you Tim's Historical Hypothetical, where we ask Tim, so, what would you have done, smartass? Are you ready, Tim? I was born shortly before I was ready. The place, Canberra. Uh Uh-oh. The time, August 2018, only a short time ago, Tim. You are the Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull. A spill is called against you. You only have a few limited options. What do you do as Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull? Well, I don't do what Malcolm did, which is faff around. I say we're going to have a vote. But the difference would be everybody gets together and goes into the party room, and that's when you lock the doors and cement them in and say... We're not letting you out until... But then just don't tell them what the until is. They're so stupid they will sit there waiting, saying, oh, well, we're conservatives, so we have to wait until the sentence is properly finished. And would you have asked for a list of names at any stage, Tim? Oh, yeah, I would have asked for a list of names, just random names, or 43 signatures, but all in the same handwriting as the way I think it should have been done. Names like IP Freely or Bob Down. Yeah, Hugo First and Rusty Bedsprings. I sheet my drawers. Miles Long. What would it have achieved at a, at a leadership spill, treating them to a whole bunch of silence or asking for a list of random names that don't exist? It would just prolong the agony, and that's what Australians like. They like agony to go on and on. Like it's an electoral hellfire club. We need Australians to feel uncomfortable about democracy and uncomfortable about the people they have foolishly elected. Next week, if there's an election, don't vote. 
But do get a list of fictional names to hand in when you put your ballot in. Get your fictional names because they're fun. They're funny, like Sliding Door. It doesn't seem like a fake name. That's Tim's historical hypothetical. Bunga Bunga. And now Bunga Bunga presents an educational moment with Tim Ferguson for our overseas listeners who may wonder, what exactly is Australia? Tim. Peter Dutton is the homeland protection from everybody else minister. He's not unlike a case of bad, bad ScoMo, particularly in summer on hot, sweaty nights, except he's shaped like a potato. But he didn't get in, so how could you describe Mr Morrison, who is our current Prime Minister, to those people who have never heard of him either? Mr Morrison's like the guy who was the loudest mouth in high school without being able to catch a ball or kick it. Nobody knows how he got away with it, but he seemed to run high school. And one question that a lot of overseas listeners might be wondering, as did a lot of Australians, what did Malcolm Turnbull actually do wrong to be deposed as Prime Minister? The first thing he did wrong was become Prime Minister, beating his rival Tony Abbott by one vote and acting like that was room for a mandate. So the first thing he did wrong was the first thing he did wrong. Wow, Bunga Bunga has certainly turned a few corners here. I don't think it's possible to solve as many problems as we have in this episode, Tim. No, in fact, it's not possible to do what we just did easily. I see you brought a lump of coal with you. Is that as a tribute to our new Prime Minister, Tim? It certainly is. ScoMo, otherwise known as Fart Brain, stood in Parliament and held a piece of coal as if it was making some kind of point. You're not allowed to take props into Parliament because if you did that, then it's a matter of time before people come in with the propeller bow tie, with the T-shirt saying, I'm with stupid. If props are going to be allowed in Parliament, you can go the full Gallagher and have people wearing raincoats and have someone smashing a watermelon on the table in Parliament. It's bad enough that babies are now allowed in the Parliament. What's going to happen if people can bring their cats? cats in the parliament like you may disagree with me but look at my pussy i could just imagine kitler doing his maiden speech if you haven't seen all the jokes of mrs locum's pussy look it up on youtube spend an entire evening watching all her jokes it's another one of those cases of gee you can't do that these days think about what our parents experienced what they saw what they knew what they managed to experience on the big screen that you're not allowed to do these days no wonder they were so screwed up i think we should give you a chance to get up on your little apple crate and hop up there and say what you mean to the world tim in tim ferguson's right of reply to a question nobody asked don't expect too much bring back peter dutton i can't believe peter dutton did not win the liberal government thing because comedians needed Dutton. We would have had a comedy-led recovery based upon having an ex-Queensland cop who, frankly, doesn't even look like a potato. He looks like a bowl of mashed potato as our leader. Peter, it was such a close thing. I had all my Dutton jokes ready to go. Lamb dressed as Dutton. Dutton to do with me. I know Dutton. I hear Dutton. All of those gags ready to go and it's all blown out of the water because this guy who sounds like eczema won. Get rid of ScoMo and its horrible effects on the skin and bring in Peter Dutton for the comedians. Do it for the comedians. That's Tim Ferguson's right reply to a question nobody asked. 
Don't expect too much. Tim, an emotional and at times highly draining episode of Bunga Bunga 49. Do you think there's anything that we need to add before we leave the country and the world to the Bunga Bunga silence until the next episode? The only thing I can say is that thing that you're doing with your hair, dear listener, you think it works. And it did once upon a time. So maybe you shouldn't be doing that thing with your hair. Hmm? Hmm? So I'll see you on the dance floor. Let's get out there and move like only we can, Tim. We're dancing. Oh, yeah. Bunga bunga. Sometimes I feel I've got to run away. I've got to get away from the pain you drive into the heart. Au. Bryson and Hume. Everything digital.